Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. 21 seconds 21 seconds 21 seconds 21 seconds Hello and welcome to the podcast uh, It's the UK podcast and I'm from Britain My name is Alex Simmons <laughs> And uh, you can probably tell that I've not done this for a very long time I liked it though it was, Yeah, because you really introduced all the elements I had to, actually did, had to do this for an American the other day um, not a, a colleague, not just a random right. American, but he, about the new Pokemon trailer, he wanted to know if it was based on the UK or Britain. And I realised I couldn't remember what the difference between those two <laughs> things was. Um, well, they're the same, aren't they? No, the UK oh. includes Northern Ireland, but Britain is just the island we're on right now. Well, there you go. The bigger that, one. That fountain of knowledge is Joe Scrubbles. Hello. Uh, and we have a new member of the <laughs> team. It's me, it's Jesse. <laughs> it's uh, me, Jesse, the guy from London. You're going straight for Mario references. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Really endearing yourself with the old uh, school crowd. I I'm young. Uh, uh, so you really else. are obsessed with the fact that you're young. I need to set it forth so everyone knows. There, there needs to be some, some, some sort of time frame so people understand where I'm coming from. That you don't understand any of the references Yeah, that's, that's exactly, yeah, okay. that's what I want to put forth. In terms of time, what, in terms, so if you fuck up, you're going to blame it on you being... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. My, my lack of knowledge from, you know, like, so, Pogs and Channel Pogs. 4, all those things that you guys Channel grew up 4. with. Channel 4? I exactly. think Channel 4 still exists. <laughs> yeah, I know. You only watch E4. Exactly. I'm young. Yeah, do you watch terrestrial television? No. You're so it's, it's young. All, it's all about YouTube these days. <laughs> is yeah. it? Netflix, exactly. Oh, Momo, is that Go you? No, no. <laughs> What's everyone, everyone started talking about Momo this week. Is it got big again? Well, it's gone... Well, I'd never heard of it until oh. uh, my daughter, who is eight, came back from school. Well, actually, no, I'd heard about it in the media talking about it this week. Yeah. But... Every single school in the country, it seems, has warned children about it to varying degrees. And now she's terrified of this oh, thing. And it was like, you'll never nice. ever see it, ever. Because it's, it's one and of those things that's just made up. Yes. It's the Daily Mail going, but, but let's scare like, people. I, I want, can you show me the picture of it? I was like, <laughs> no. I don't like do looking at the picture of it. And I, but also I said, she's seen far worse on like Harry Potter. Dementors, for example, I think are way worse than that kind of yeah. face. Well, I mean, yeah, they, they destroy you as a... Sh they turn you into a shell of a being. Exactly. They suck out your soul. I think there's a lot of worse things on YouTube than Dementors, to be fair, in the, in the dark then, recesses. And then Momo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Momo's, but, do you know what Momo actually is? No. It's just a creepy sculpture some oh, Japanese no, guys made. So, but I don't know what it stands for. Is it oh, or is no, that just that the name? Uh, I don't know. Oh. <laughs> All right. I don't pay enough attention because I'm not scared of killing myself when I see a statue. Yes, but you're not eight. No, I'm not saying you're... Jesse, on the other hand. Yeah, I'm Jesse's eight, exactly. prime target for Momo. Oh, I can't believe it. Jesse, so what are you here to do? What am I here to do? Well, my official title is video producer and editor. Uh -huh. And I think that's... I think that's fairly cool. I'm quite happy with that. Good. It's I'm the glad. longest title I've ever had since, you know, I was working at a cinema prior to this and mm. I was just runner. And oh. that doesn't really fit with what I do since I like to sit down a lot. I mean, we can make you run about if you like. Oh, okay. No, Keep that's fine. Up. Thanks. <laughs> I'll, I'll stay at the desk. Good. But um, other than that, 
Yeah, just from university to here. So That's I'm just out. I'm, I'm young and fresh, you know, compared <laughs> to everyone else. For now. I'm, honestly, for the now. amount you say you're young, I swear <laughs> to God, if we find out you're 40 years old in a few weeks, <laughs> like, one of, those, yeah, like exactly. one of those Nigerian footballers that lies about their birth certificate. I, I'm going to get HR to, to do some kind of background check. Background check you're on the me. carnu yeah. of the UK games industry. It's like, it's like that, that one film when it was The Orphan. I believe. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like that. You know, I'm going to find out at the end of the year that I'm actually 60 years old and I'm from yeah. Russia. You started not this from podcast by spoiling the orphan. Oh, Come on, No, mate. I'm or, sorry. Or, well, or you maybe, know what? It's an old film. <laughs> yeah, that's Maybe fair. you're like Benjamin Button and actually you're 65. I can feel <laughs> almost dead. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> that's <Okay>. nice. <laughs> Speaking of films, we've got three questions we always ask people when they join the podcast for the I'm first ready. time. Uh, first up, what's your favourite movie? Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring. Why? Ooh. Because it's it's the only film I felt like that has a true sense of adventure. There's the only film ever. ever. The only <laughs> film. You know, I've, I've not said it enough, but you know, I'm young oh, compared to all it. these other guys. You know, you're like no, Michael um, Owen. I've only ever seen one film. <laughs> exactly. No, I feel like for me, <laughs> that's, just that's because why it's my favorite. I'm, I do love the Lord of the Rings trilogy. I've read through the books and all the other spin-offs and all sorts. And it's it's the one film that I can always watch, even if it's the extended edition, which is three hours long. And it's just. I know it has a true sense of adventure that I've always loved. I'm so glad and you like why. it. I don't like those films. I can't at believe all. it. That's uh, it. I'm leaving. Next, what's your favorite TV show of all time? Favorite TV show of all time is Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Good choice. Because You're back on track. <laughs> exactly. There we go. It's, it's even scores. <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly. Whether you stay on the podcast determined is determined. <laughs> sorry by your next answer. Well, there's one more question we ask yes. that will be in- impressive after that. All right but, then. Yeah. Uh, is that it? Yeah. That's I'm not it. talking about it. Good. Um, <laughs> I've never. Seen I do it. actually. You should. It's very good. Yeah. There's ten seasons of oh, good you've content. Got, you've got I'm a not, lot to I'm get. I'm not going through. to. You should. Um, the. Uh, what I'm appreciating about these answers is that they're to the point. You're not one of those people who goes, oh, do I have to choose one? Well, no, yeah, it, just, it, ne- it needs to be straightforward and to the point. But I think this one's possibly going to be harder for you because you've had two different answers in the time I've met you. What's your favourite game of all time? Resident Evil 3. 3? Resident Evil Nemesis. 3 is my favourite. Yeah, exactly. Nemesis is... Ten times better than Resident Evil 2. It's a lot Ten times? Ten times better, and that's just the fact. It's because you have Nemesis, and he's just way better than any other enemy you faced in prior Resident Evil games, and even future ones, to be fair. And then also you have, like, those really cool, like, mercenary guys in Resident Evil 3, the mm-hmm. UBCS, and they're just cool. They all get killed, but yeah. it's worth seeing that happen, and that's why that's my favourite. Are they... Do you... Do you expect them to make a remake in the style of 2, 4, three? Oh, no, yeah, it's pretty much confirmed anyways, and to be fair... I don't think it's pretty much it's, confirmed. It's pretty, I, mean, it's gonna, I work in games news, Jesse. If it's, I'd it's missed that, I would It's be definitely going to happen. It's, 100, it's 99% going to happen. Who and said that? Me yeah, and right, all the other fans. It's pretty right. much confirmed. Yeah, exactly. And as well, a lot of the assets are already there. You know, you have the police station that's in Resident Evil 3 and all the zombies as well. They just need to obviously make all the other good that, stuff. I, actually, that is actually a really good point that I'd not considered, is that they... Assets-wise, they're well on the way to having the stuff they need. Yeah, and for like, sure. I guess pathfinding-wise, Mister X works in a similar, similar way. Yeah, for sure. As Nemesis, that'd um, be really interesting. Nemesis is just a completely different ball game compared to Mister X, just because he actually runs. He has a yeah, rocket yeah, yeah. launcher, and he's just—he's he's a lot more scary than Mister X. Because after you shoot his hat off, he's not scary. That's true. His he's hat is kind of the cute. key to his power. Exactly. I agree. When he when he pats his little head, it's he <laughs> really hat on sad. Uh, I've um, got an idea for an upcoming uh, feature on the podcast. Oh yeah. Where Jesse confirms every game coming up, <laughs> yeah. ever. Well, you know, we were asking for uh, bits of uh, root games rumors from our insider you listeners. Can it's Jesse me. can confirm or deny. Yes. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> I have all the knowledge. I'm on Twitter and Reddit all the time, but not when at work, obviously, because I'm working. Obviously. There we go. I um, can see your 
screen from where I sit. Crap, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> the um, the final question is: Have you seen the Prestige? Yeah, it was uh, it was a late night once when I was like, I don't know how old I was. This was back in the day, obviously. Um, I can't remember anything of it. Okay. And well, that's it. That's, that's better than answer. saying it's bad, so I'll take it. At least you've seen it. That'd yeah, it, be was, a real it, worry. Was, it was good. There we go. That's uh, my thank answer. Thank you very much. Right. That's all of Jesse's bits out of the way. What it should is. we do now? Well, I, I, I was going to talk about something that's not run on the running order. Go on. Because oh. obviously you've been here for, what, just over a week? Yeah. We've introduced you to Overwatch, mm. obviously, and to Rainbow Six. I get the sense that Rainbow Six is your preferred game out of those two. Well, you also missed the fact that I was introduced to Apex Legends, had my first game whilst I was here oh, yeah. as well. Done and all three. To be fair, I'm not the biggest fan of Overwatch. That's mad. I know. I thought, you were, I thought you, considering you have that insane opinion, you were actually quite good and uh, played a Mean Mercy, which I approved of. I, I'm, I'm very not many people who jump grateful. straight into support. Very so. grateful for the kind words. I think support is the easiest thing to get into if you're not that comfortable with a game, just yeah. because you can kind of hang back and just learn the overall system. But Overwatch just doesn't have that kick when I'm playing it compared to... I don't know Rainbow Siege and even Apex. Just it just doesn't it just doesn't feel as exciting when I'm playing it. I don't think you know it well enough yet. No. I think you'll grow Perhaps. to love it because you will be forced to love it. Yep, I've, <laughs> I've, I've, I've come to understand that. But no, just just the shooting as well. Like for Apex, you know, it's it's kind of like built off the foundations of Titanfall 2. And yep. That was one of my favourite first-person shooters of the most you know recent years, and it just it felt great to play as well as Apex. But Overwatch because. It doesn't necessarily feel like floaty, but I guess it just it doesn't have the kick and impact when you know, like you're taking. Yeah, down it's not enemies. like a boots on the ground shooter in that yeah, way. For yeah, sure. it's much. It is like in many respects, it is a MOBA, but you're yeah. looking through the eyes of a character rather than. But above it's, still, them. it's 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 still fun. I just need to I need to get a proper hang of it. That's the thing. I think once we have a prop, well. You don't have to play it, I suppose, but if well, we do... Actually, I'll just be well, sitting there by we, myself during that's lunch, it. We then. can still all play. We, he, Jesse can be the, the new Gav who just sits there and watches us all play <laughs> and occasionally turns that's around. True, yeah. I can't wait yeah. to do that. Um, but no, like if we do play more, I think the, I think the pleasure of Overwatch is more... Uh, or the true pleasures of Overwatch are more subtle. Like it's when you have a really good comp and everything's working. It's more like machinery rather than yeah. like straight up visceral thrill. Yeah, um, and, and it's not about individual plays either. Although yeah, Cardi. it can be. <laughs> Cardi loves it. I know he does. Yeah. Well, no, like compared to Apex and Siege, it, it feels a lot more team based compared to those games. Yeah. And um, just being able to just play support is. That, that's that's why I'm built for. That's what I want to do. That's good. Just hang back and heal everyone and then think that I've done a good job at the end. I like that. I would say that we probably need a little bit more team play in Rainbow Six. We 100% do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think the way we play, yes, there's, there's not a whole lot going on. But in terms of like, you know, again, team comps, I think we just pick people that we're kind oh, of familiar yeah, with yeah, yeah, yeah. rather than thinking actually... This skill goes with your skill. We don't apply the hero shooter mentality to Siege at all. No. We're not very good. A little bit for Apex. Yeah. I think my problem with, like, I'm not a huge, like, I'm not super high skilled at shooters in general. And so part of my the pleasure of Overwatch is that you get that respawn, retry, respawn, retry, whereas yeah. Siege and Apex, like, I'm just fucking dead all the time. Yes. I, yeah. I, I just, I'm I, just I, not good. I feel like those games, Siege and Apex, are a lot easier than Overwatch, even if you just get one life. Because in those games... I think in terms of what your, like, goal is, yeah. 100%. 
yeah, because there's a lot more to concentrate on in yeah, Overwatch. Yeah, for sure. And I, and I still need to get up to date on the on the meta of Overwatch because yeah. there's six gazillion different characters, all of which I, I mean, have no idea. There are 44 characters in Rainbow Six now, so yeah, it's, but, it's not exactly. Uh, yeah, it's, it's not exactly it's that simple. To understand Rainbow Six because they've on all base got, level, yeah. they've all got machine guns, yeah, and that's the stuff that really matters. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but like, I was chatting to Dale because obviously he was at the Rainbow Six um, Invitational. What was that last week? Two weeks. Two ago, weeks. Yeah, uh, and he was saying like pros retire kind of in their mid twenties. Yeah, because at that point they realise that's when their reactions have yeah. just gone to pot. So I, we've got an excuse, Joe. Yeah, we're Jesse, we're past it. I mean, I, I've been getting all the kills. To be fair, like I've mentioned this numerous uh, times in the office. No, so. during Apex, I, my first match oh, of Apex, Apex, I got right. four kills, that's and right. I was fairly proud of myself. That's pretty good. And I only play first person shooters really on PC and not on console. To be fair, snobs. You so, were, yeah, yeah, you were looking for a keyboard and mouse yeah, on your first day. For I'm your not, PS4. I'm not, no, no, <laughs> that, that was upsetting. That never happened. Yeah. I may have been looking at a few tutorials, but other than that, I think I've been doing quite well. My reflex is still as sharp as ever. <laughs> It should be. Ever. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, so. I look forward to your downfall in the next <laughs> oh, few years. We'll just, <laughs> watch, just watch you getting slowly worse at it. Down into our level of shitness. Speaking, oh no, I, that's a bad segue to our level of shitness because I was because I was about to talk about my work this week. Smooth. Speaking of shitness, what wasn't shit this week? Amazing. Was all my work. Good. Uh, I haven't been on the podcast for a bit because I've been travelling all over the yeah, place. Yeah. And in the course of that, those travels, I've played approximately... Alara Alara games! <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I watched Adam Buxton last night Did and you? you've just done a very good impression of his queen <laughs> character. Um, yeah, I played Alara Alara good games. Uh, and I've done previews of all of them. I just thought I'd talk about them for a bit because... I've I don't read know, them I haven't all. Done. Oh, well, you'll be bored of this. Oh, no, no, I was just about to say, I think there's some really interesting stuff Thank in there. Thank you. Um, yeah, they're all like... Slightly smaller things, but I think really interesting. 2019 hasn't grabbed me yet in terms of what's coming out. Yep. Um, I've been playing Ape Out, which is fantastic, by the okay. way. Um, but nothing quite has got me in terms of what's new. No, I'm the same. I started playing a little bit Far Cry. Yeah, not into it. <sighs> no. Um, not even Resident Evil didn't grab you? Uh, it doesn't feel like a new game. That's the problem. Like, it is obviously a new game. Yeah. But it's just like, it's kind of there. Like, yeah, it's sense. a thing that exists. Um, there's, there's no surprises when it comes to the remake for Resident Evil 2. No. Because you've already lived and played that's for it thing. however many times. I that's it. I haven't played it that much. So it's relatively new for me. But it, I don't know. It feels like it's been around for a long time as well because we've been talking about its development for so long. But Judgment is a game that I'm now extremely excited about, which is. Uh, the spin-off from the Yakuza studio. Yep. Um, but now you play a sort of sad ex-lawyer who's turned <laughs> into a PI and has incredible martial arts skills. So it's set in the world, the kind of fake part of Tokyo that uh, you, most of the Yakuza games are set in as well, yep. uh, Kamurocho. And it has a lot of the same stuff. So you've got arcades and like full of actual Sega games or parodies of Sa Sega games. I think like Virtua Fighter, is just in this game, That's which nice. is mad. That's cool. Um, and like lots of weird little bits. The only thing missing from the main Yakuza games is there's no karaoke, which is bullshit. <laughs> I don't know why they've done that. I'm very upset about yeah, that. That's that was my cool. favorite thing, yeah. Yakuza Zero. That's brilliant. I hope there's still dance clubs. I'm sure there, there will be, dance be for clubs. sure. Um, but at the same time, it's got this detective story, and you're taking part in that, like finding clues, presenting evidence, yep. and it's essentially an Ace Attorney game. And that was the lazy comparison I made when I first saw the trailer and I played it for two hours. I'm like, oh shit, it is it really just is. Yakuza yes. with Ace Attorney in it. Yeah. And 
I'm now completely consumed with excitement for it because it's just going to be like 40 hours of mad detective melodrama and yeah, I'm yeah. really up for that. Well, They're you mentioned very good. You mentioned like the Ace Attorney aspect. How, I mean, how good did that feel just from the two hours that you played? Like, so that was kind of towards the end of my time with it. So it wasn't consistent, but right. the stuff, essentially the way I've put it in my preview, the best way I can think of is it kind of is taking the place of the very long cutscenes in Yakuza games. So where in those you just watch Kazuma Kiryu getting angry at someone and then it would cut to a fight. This feels like when you get to someone, there are still cutscenes and there's stuff to be shown, but when you get to someone who's integral to the plot, you're now a piece of those cutscenes. Yeah. So like there's a there's a little system, it's kind of inconsequential, but it's like you listen to them talk for a bit and then you can choose from three dialogue options. And one of those dialogue options is false. It's like a it's a dead end question. Right. And you're supposed to know from what you've just heard which one the dead end question would be. Right. And there's no punishment for getting it wrong. It's just okay. if you choose the other two first, it gives you a bonus like bonus experience points. Gotcha. And so it's kind of pushing you down roads of being like, pay attention to the dialogue, pay attention to the story. Yeah. And then there's things like identifying people on their sort of on a sketch of them yeah. so you get a little sketch and so the only one we've seen so far is the one in the trailers which is a guy with very distinctive features and there's someone next to him four looks, eyes yeah, he's, well, he's got like a huge, huge mole, mole on yep. his head and stuff <laughs> delicious um, and there's a guy standing next to him who looks a little bit like him so you could misidentify him right but it's very Apart clear at some point <laughs> yeah it's very clear at some point in this game you're going to be put in a room of people who, for stupid reasons like cosplay cost costume yeah, yeah, contest yeah. or something, yeah. everyone looks the same and you're going to have to do proper like walking around and identifying people by their right. features and stuff. And I'm just really that excited cool. for like the little yeah. silly elements that they're well, going to throw in. Do the yeah. facial animations ever like come into play or is that just like beyond the game in regards to like... How do you mean? So if you're trying to like, you know, question someone and you want to tell if they're lying or not, does that ever come into play? I don't like... think it gets into like L.A. Noir territory okay. like that because that's... I guess L.A. Noir kind of put, put yeah, paid to that, that by yeah, being sure. mad. Um, but yeah, it's just like, it's got a lot of the stuff that I really love about Yakuza and it's trying something new at the same time. And I'm like super into that idea. Like it just feels like a studio knows what they're doing yeah. and then is going, but we're going to stick something else in there and just try it. Yeah. So that's good. And then I also went to Sweden to visit the offices of Thunderful, who are in a new... so many places. I know, right? Who are a new publisher. Yeah made up of the people who make the Steam World games and the people who make Flipping Death, Stick It to the Man, Faye, like these lovely Swedish yeah. games. Um, both studios who I've followed their work for a long time and really enjoy. And they've yeah. uh, they've not merged their studios, but together they've set up a publisher right. and brought in a guy from Nintendo yeah. of Europe to come in and handle their publishing there. So they're bringing cool. on other games. So there's a game um, called Lonely Mountain Downhill, which is like a isometric downhill biking game but it's built to be relaxing oh. it's really really fucking good right. so it's you're basically good. at the top of a mountain yeah. and you just got to get down as quickly as possible and there's no there's no like problem with falling off your bike and crashing and stuff and you'll crash bloody loads it's just about being as good as possible getting down right. these mountains. So it feels a bit like SSX3 where you had okay. the one mountain you have that to go sounds, down. Because I've been playing a little bit of Trials. Yes. That's not relaxing. No, not at all. <laughs> yeah, it is actually, it's it's kind of the same, on the same spectrum as trial, yes. Trials, but at the other end. Right. It's very, that very sounds, calming. I'm, I'm trying to see where the relaxing part comes into that, trying to like bike down a mountain. Because it's like, 
it's you're in sort of natural environments right, like okay. there's very little music it's all about just ambient sound just, and just like, taking it all in as yeah. you crash your bike numerous it, times it's really good um and also i was quite good at it and they were nice to me so oh, i right, love then, it now so um, that made it more relaxing for yeah you. there's a game i'd never heard that's of all it takes by the way to get a 10 out of 10 on ign with joe just <laughs> not reviewing it. it not reviewing it it's fine um and there's another game which I'd never heard of before, which has been out on Steam for a while, called Curious Expedition. Mm. Have either of you come across this? No. Nope. So it's like um, it's a sort of roguelike strategy game about being 18th century explorers. Yep. And you play real historical figures, so Nikola Tesla, Marie Curie, like okay. mad. I the sound of that. Like strange choices for this thing. And you go on these like little fantasy adventures to become the most famous explorer in the world. Yeah. So it's a setup like 80 days if you've played that so you start at the explorers club and they're like we're going to build a statue to the greatest explorer in the world you yep. have six trips to do this in and then it becomes these like procedurally generated uh expeditions yeah. that have elements of adventure games so like cho making choices along the way yeah but also elements of strategy so the further you travel and the longer you travel without stopping for a rest the more sanity you lose. Right. And you can hit gotcha. levels of sanity where mad stuff starts happening and destroys your like right. destroys your thing. And you can run out of food, so you have to eat your donkeys or your hunting dogs that you've brought God. with you. Or your or you pick up people along the way and you might end up having them like stab you in the back if they don't like your decisions. Right. So they're gonna say you have to eat the people you, you pick can eat up them on as the well. way. Oh okay. Um, I'm actually quite they happy could with eat that. you as well. <laughs> um, and it's this like really it looks like this super complex but really interesting procedurally generated strategy game yeah. that you can play over and over again and it's never going to be the same thing. Yeah. Um, and so they, yeah, so they've kind of released this in early access on Steam, I think like two years ago, and now they're bringing it to consoles under the uh, Thunderful label. Right. And including Switch, which is going to be 100% the perfect choice, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. great. Yeah. Um, they're all, they've also announced Curious Expedition 2, which yeah. is a similar idea, but the um, the story they told, which I absolutely love, is they pitched it to Thunderful with just concept art. Yep. And the concept art, instead of the pixel art of the first game, they're going for like Hergé, Tintin-style right. illustrations. And the, one of the guys that runs Thunderful has like every Tintin book of all ever released and has like a collection of Tintin stuff. And instead of asking to see any of the game, he was just like, yeah, done. <laughs> and that was their decision to publish it. Good call which I think fan, is great. Yeah. That's um, it, isn't it? Yeah, it's just, just I need know to who you're pitching that. to. Like when it comes to budgeting for next year, it's like, what does my boss really like? <laughs> right, let's wrap it up in that. Yeah, um, so those were two really interesting games yeah. that I haven't written about yet, but they've got a lot of really interesting stuff. Um, the two games I have are Ghost Giants, which is a VR game about helping a little mouse. That sounded good. It's really nice. Um, and it's a VR game built around messing about, like just poking people and like scaring them because you're a big invisible ghost and no yeah. one knows you're there. Would that be or a like, good like first VR experience? Because I've never even touched anything VR. I don't. I mean, for someone who's never... For a non-gamer, I think it would be a really good one. Like, I think you know games. You'd be yeah. able to... There, there are, well, it depends what you're after from VR. Like, this seems like quite a relaxing little storybook adventure where you kind of, like, there's light adventure game or, like, point-and-click style stuff in there, but it's more about a story being told to you and you just... You're essentially, you're a giant ghost, weirdly, in Ghost Giant, who is put in a series of environments with loads of stuff to muck about with. So, like, there's an apartment block and you can take the front off and see everyone's, like, little rooms and, like, 
help them out doing stuff or whatever they need yeah. or like or you can just mess about like there's one bit in the trailer where a guy's watching TV and he's like I love this show and you can just <laughs> press a big button and it changes the channel and he get, pisses him off it's like I really like that element of just messing around yeah um, I, I think, think it's like really the way you, you spoke about like VR as a whole like the PlayStation World's like gangster Oh, yeah. Thing, whatever that's called. Yeah. And you've got that thug that's right in your face. And you're there just like chucking <laughs> that's lighters it. and that's it. flicking cigarettes in his face. Yeah. And he doesn't uh, flinch at that's all. That's it. There's something really funny about yeah. an inconsequential act yeah. of just fucking with stuff. Like, just, I've seen you spend way too long doing that kind of I've stuff. I've played that demo genuinely. <laughs> like, I, I would say double figures. Like, every time I turn on PlayStation Worlds, because I often, if people come to my house, I'll yep. put them in a game from that usually the deep sea diving one so they don't have yeah. to do anything yeah, yeah. but it will inevitably get to like let me show you how funny this is <laughs> and then I'm just like got a lighter under his chin like <laughs> take that Mickey um, so that's really good and the other one is the new game from the SteamWorld people which is SteamWorld Quest which is they keep reinventing what SteamWorld is mm. which I love um, so it's been a platformer it's been a tower defense game it's been like an, a 2D XCOM and now it's a an RPG like Paper Mario, except all the battles are card games. So it so, seemed quite complex. Is it's complex. Fair? It's it's a simple setup, but the if you if you're into card games, yes. which I don't play them so much anymore, but I played a lot of Magic and Netrunner. Yeah. As soon as you see the mechanics, you go, "Shit, this could get really intricate yeah. in a fun way." Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the weird thing about SteamWorld is it nev it's never pitched that hard. Like, there's a lot to it, and it's really meticulously designed, but yeah. I've never found, like, I've never really found myself stuck right. in a Steam or game, no matter what they are. Yeah. This is the first one where that's a potential, yeah. but I doubt they'd ever push it that way. Right. So I wonder whether they'll do challenge modes to really up that kind of challenge for card game players. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, is, you know, you've got people that literally just play that. I'm thinking, like, Cam from AU. Yeah. He just plays Hearthstone. Yes. Yeah, and he'll see that game and go like, right, I see how this works, this works, yeah. this works, and how they could cascade into one big yeah. like load of stuff. So to explain, essentially, you've got eventually you've got three party members, and every party member has an eight card deck which represents their abilities. They have like weak abilities, yep. uh, like basic attacks, or it's like your standard RPG stuff, or like yeah, yeah. stat buffing magic, that kind of thing. Those, when you play them, build you a resource called Steam Pressure, which is essentially like your mana, and that lets you play really strong cards. So the idea is that you have decks that can power themselves at the same time as using really powerful stuff. Yeah. Um, then it builds things like if you build chains of card of attacks from one character, you get extra attacks and stuff like this. So you're su you're suddenly going like, how could I build this deck to help this deck when they're mixed in, shuffled in together when yeah. I'm fighting and stuff? And it's just. I'm just super excited about having the opportunity to mess around in a SteamWorld game again because they really get like how to take one idea yeah. and blow it out into 10 hours, 15 hours of stuff. So is it um, online only because it's three players? No, no, no. It so it's like a single AI? player RPG. Oh, okay. Um, so you're just going through an gotcha. RPG story like a Final Fantasy, right. but this is just the means for getting through. Right. Um, I, don't, I, I doubt they'll do online, but there's the potential they could. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think just every SteamWorld game is now exciting to me because I know they're going to try something new, which yeah. is really weird for an indie studio. It's smart. Like, yeah. Just also, to have that through line and that pedigree that runs through all, through yeah. all of them as well. It's not as if they're trying different stuff and then missing every single one. That's it. Kind of delivering. They're really, they're becoming like a really trusted force. Yeah. And so I visited them last year 
maybe the year before, I can't remember. Um, and when they hadn't merged with the other companies yep. yet. And at that time, they were working on two games. And every time I went in for a meeting with someone, yeah. a little group of people would have to scurry away because they'd been doing designs, but right. they like have whiteboards and like tables you can draw on. Yeah, so yeah. I kept seeing all this stuff like written in Swedish, right. <laughs> like, but diagrams in Swedish yeah. on everything. And at the time, they were saying like, we're trying, we're thinking about not making an, a, a SteamWorld game for a bit because yeah. we don't want to like play our hand too much. And genuinely, I think what's happened is they've come up with an idea and then gone, that could easily be under the yeah, SteamWorld yeah. banner yeah. and like just putting it out there. And I love the idea that they can just be like, game design, game design, game design. Oh shit, that fits or that fits or that fits. And yeah. then they just pull them all together. Yeah. And I think it's just, yeah, they're a really exciting little studio. What's yeah. a good place to start with the SteamWorld universe since I'm just not familiar with uh, it at all? It, like in terms of like, there's no lore to learn really. Yeah. Like it's a silly thing about the the human world ended. They left behind some robots. All the humans that were left went mental right. and lived underground. Um, I would say, well, it depends what you want. Like SteamWorld Dig 2 is an amazingly cool platformer where you're essentially creating your own map by digging. So you're kind of trying to get through the world in a Metroidvania-y way, but right. it's all based around you creating the terrain to get there. So really, you're kind of safe to start anywhere because all their games just like just they're so all varied. just good, and yeah. they all work in and of themselves. Whereas Heist is essentially 2D XCOM, so it's a really smart squad-based tactical shooter. Okay. It's fantastic. Like Heist is my favorite of them because um, it's just it's one of those games where you start again, like Quest, where you start yeah. playing and you suddenly go like fuck, there is so much I can do with this little pool of stuff. Yeah, and yeah. it's just, you, you're constantly thinking of new ways to play the game yeah. better. I love it. Anyway, that was a very long way to say I played lots of games recently and you should well too. Well done you. Thanks, mate. Um, what have you been doing, Jesse? I recently saw a little film called Fighting With My Family. Which is directed by Stephen Merchant, isn't it? Exactly. And it's got The Rock in it. That seems like quite a big film. Well, I mean, it, it, was, it was a good film. It was a nice film. It's like a little charming unoffensive sports film uh kind of beat for beat you know what's going to happen mm -hmm. in the film there's there's not really any surprises just a nice charming somewhat cheesy film to watch it's about an actual wrestler right Paige. yeah i believe it. yeah her name is Paige, and it, it has like you know the usual cameos from like the odd wrestler peppered here and you know all around the film but it, it really is just Paige, you know building up the confidence to then try and you know push into the wwe whilst also dealing with various little family issues okay like are you are you into wrestling I I was for a long time into wrestling, but then I guess my WWE subscription ran out and I just never really renewed it again. <laughs> Dale's going to make you get back exactly. on that. He wants someone I'm, to talk to. I'll be, I'll be jumping on that soon. But um, yeah, I was really, really into wrestling and it was kind of maybe just before Paige kind of entered the WWE. I was going to say, do you know Paige then? Cause like, I mean, I've seen the odd match with her, but I, there's there's not really like any storylines or like what kind of wrestling character she is. I, I don't really know much of that. Mm. But the film like portrays and paints Paige as the kind of really identifiable wrestler like it's just it's kind of easy just to get the story right off the bat from the film mm -hmm. it's so just, is it a obviously a lot of British cast is it a British film is she a British wrestler like, I have no um, yeah Paige is I believe the youngest WWE champion I believe of the, the female British. division yeah British as right well. okay yeah for sure and they and they make a point of that in the film there's a lot of jokes at the expense of her being British and so on but um, yeah it was just it really was just a really kind of sit down just put on your TV just cheesy enjoyable film to watch I really like I, I think it's like quite guilty pleasure is not a term I really like but the the kind of 
those sports films, like you say, where you can yeah. guess beat for beat how it's going to work out. There's always going to be like, they're struggling against the odds, they start doing yeah, well, exactly. there's a setback and then they succeed. Yeah, there really like, are no surprises as well. That like The Rock's presence in the film, because he's heavily advertised as being in the film, yeah. but really he's only in there for a few scenes. That and sounds about right. That, the, him being in the film is where the cheesiest moments occur. I was almost waiting for him to kind of like turn to the camera and wink just from, because he's, it's weird. He's he's playing himself in a film where he's playing his wrestling character as well. When you have oh, of course, right? Yeah. So you have Paige, obviously, like the actor who's playing the actual wrestler, but then The yeah. Rock himself is playing himself as the wrestler, and it's just it's it's kind of just a weird feeling in the film. Right. It's like this, this multi-layered kind of I don't know characters in the yeah. film. It's just very weird. It's quite meta. Yeah, exactly. I quite like that. Um, yeah, I had the same feeling about. Did you ever watch Eddie the Eagle? Yeah. Like, which I, yeah. exactly the same thing. I really enjoyed it. I just think it's really satisfying to watch. Yeah. Just a pleasant time spent well, with weird people. I, I did find, like, uh, Taron uh, Egerton's mm. entire acting was just him sticking his chin out. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And that's after all he a did. while, I was just like, can you stop doing that? I get it. You're supposed to be able to be evil, but it's like going, <laughs> and that's it. That's quite fun, though. I mean, that yeah. must be a good role. If you get it and they're just like, stick your chin out a bit, it's probably what fine. What do you think he's going to do for uh, Elton John? What's what's Elton John's signature look? It's just looking just... a bit furious at people, isn't it? <laughs> he's an angry man. I, I, re- I doubt it will be. Yeah, he's, have you never seen him getting really pissed off with isn't people? That no, just a Slickers advert. Yeah, no, exactly. That's, just, <laughs> that's all I've seen of him. That's, that's the, the classic impression of Elton John is that he's just really angry yeah. at people. He just always seemed happy all the time. Well, I've seen all the stage. wrong videos. Oh, that's the John Lewis advert. You're oh, like, right, yeah, yeah, basically basing it on two different adverts. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Whoops. Got my Elton John law wrong yeah. again. Eddie the Eagle, one of the few films my dad appears in, just so you know. Back oh. of his head. He's in other films as well that we've had to cut out of this for legal reasons. Uh, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, we had the... We had some of the cast of Fighting with Not My the Family. Rock. Not The Rock, sadly, in the studio. In these very seats. I know. Who was in my seat? Uh, blue. Wait, yellow wasn't used for the for the R bit, but for comments, blue was Stephen Merchant Ooh. and Florence Pugh, who plays Paige. My seat, red, was uh, Nick Frost and... Somebody else. Jack Loudon, who go. plays the Those brother the of Paige. Exactly. Uh, and we've got an IGN comments video going up tomorrow with all of them. That is exciting. They are, I mean, it goes without saying, they're well funny. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Stephen exactly. Merchant sure. and Nick yes. Frost are very funny people. Yes. Although Nick Frost seemed a bit like over it all. Oh, really? Yeah, he was sort of sitting down for a while and was like, what's this then? Like, not mean just no. like he passed a lot been, of it to merchant he's been doing this for a long time yeah <laughs> he's yeah, been yeah. made to do comedy features a lot um but jack loudon what he is yeah that's true <laughs> yeah. um but jack loudon who i don't think i've heard of before no. uh has like the driest sense of humor of anyone i've seen on ign comments like i don't know which ones are going to make it in right he doesn't give a shit about your feelings. Oh, really? like, he takes the piss out of a lot of people. Good. It's great. Nice. Oh, <laughs> Specifically upset so if, about origami as well. He, oh, yeah. he 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 went into that. Yeah, about I'm the sure. Origami killer. I think I think that will make it in. Watch yeah. out for the origami killer <laughs> section because <laughs> it was lengthy to yeah, say the least. For sure. Right. Uh, right. That's fine with my family. Now, Jesse, I don't know if you're familiar with the podcast, but uh, we used to have a quiz called Keyword Countdown that we can't do anymore. Yeah, because someone decided to leave. Uh, And so we were on the endless search for a quiz that can possibly replace it. 
I'm actually returning to a previous quiz. Is that um, allowed? It's not the first time. It's not. I can't It's the first time it. I've done it. It's the first time you've done um, it, yes. Because, frankly, I didn't have enough time, and this is one of my favourite quizzes we've done. It's called PG Tips. PG Tips. Time for PG Tips! Oh my, that's fruity. Time for a nice cup of PG. It's PG, pick the youngest, freshest tips of the tea bush. PG Tips was invented by Richard Wright in Pontypridd. Uh, to refresh your memory, IMDb provides parents with some crazy guidance <laughs> if they want to check that the film is appropriate for their kid. This game is to guess a film from the parental guidance entries on IMDb, as supplied by users of IMDb, which, is, which explains why they're so mad. This okay. is going to go well. I'll read out five entries for each film. The sooner you get it, the more points you get. So you get five for the first guess, Got it. one for the final one. Uh, the winner is the person with the most points after five films, and there is a link between all five. So you've come up with all these. I have. All right. Well, um, I mean, I've come up with the films, and I've yes, taken yeah, the yeah, guidance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm facing Alex. You're this. facing Alex. Yeah, I'm I'm dreadful at these. Oh games. no, I'm I'm expecting to fail completely. Well, as we've always said, the longer you take to get it, the more fun it is for the audience. Yeah, so, right. But if you don't get any of them, let's talk about it. Uh, so, first film, first clue. A woman is stabbed in the face off screen. <laughs> that sounds like a typical day. Off screen. Uh, this is just for films. Just films. Yes. Okay. Don't know. Okay. A character makes a passing reference to murder victims who thought they would only have to suck a little dick and jiggle <laughs> some balls. <laughs> what? Is it a PG film? I was going to say no, murder on the Orient film. Express, oh, but not, not, not the that. Whole point no, PG is parental guidance. Oh, I see. They're being warned about <laughs> no, these vulgar things. This is not things. a PG film. <laughs> right. That's why I was like, Toy what Story. the hell is this? Yeah, it's, okay. uh, it's Inside Out by Pixar. <laughs> Yeah, you know that bit where sadness says she has to suck a little dick and jiggle some balls. <laughs> that's what I mean. Oh, that's right. a terrible image. Okay. Yeah. Uh, a character is seen visibly drunk. People discuss drinking as teens, and a man is addicted to cigarettes, but is cured. I feel like that could be any film. <laughs> How many films have you seen where someone's cured of their addiction to cigarettes? Yeah. This is where some people are definitely getting it. Oh, right. Shit. A deer hits a moving car and dies. Its body is seen on the side of the road. It is more used as a jump scare. Crap, I know the film. Yeah. I don't know the name. What do you oh. mean you don't know the name? I watched the film bloody last year, not too long ago, and I yeah. can't remember. It's quite re recent. I'll oh. give you five more seconds. Shit, it's, it's not going to happen. It's not going to okay. happen. Halloween? No. There is a... Oh, no, what I'm trying to think. I, yeah, I've, and the final... Right. Final... Clue. This is killing me. An older woman asks, is black really better, referencing the penis size of the young man? I know the film, I just don't know the name. This is so frustrating. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, sorry. Oh. Nearly got it. I'm not, I'm not going to be able to get the name out of my head. Oh. Or rather, yeah. It's Get Out. That's it. Oh. I wanted to say A Way Out, but that was a really terrible cooperative game that came it out was. last year. It was. Yeah, so that's your five Good. clues for Get Out. <laughs> that went really well. Start. I thought that was the easiest one. So oh, here we go. Shit. <laughs> Film two. A raccoon is abruptly flattened by unknown forces 
and there is a large blood splatter. So that's not Guardians of the Galaxy then? No. Damn it. I don't know. Kids are in peril. Uh, it's There's lots of films. It could be. <laughs> the monsters in the movie's designs can be quite frightening. Oh, great. <laughs> I like quite, precise. quite frightening. It's not Stranger Things. It's a film, not... It's a film. Okay. Kids and, a, and monsters. And it's not it. No. And a squished raccoon. The audience sees a tub with a fair amount of blood in it, and later on, a bloody hand is seen. What film has kids and bloody hands and squished raccoons? And a tub. And a tub. No? No. No. One of the main characters <laughs> is pregnant. Her water breaks, and ah. she bleeds before she delivers a, a baby. Huh? A quiet place. A quiet Shit. place. That was it. Before she delivers a baby in unfavourable circumstances, nothing explicit is shown. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. I'm glad we don't have to see The Cruelty of Birth. <laughs> I've seen The Cruelty of Birth. Have you? Yeah. This How was it? Deep. It was a very touching moment. Good. I'm glad. <laughs> How many points did I get for that one? One. Sweet. It's one nil <laughs> out of a possible ten. It's all over for me. Uh, right. Film three. I keep nearly reading the name of the film. <laughs> Please do that. A couple of scenes of casual drinking. <laughs> uh, this, I think, is the hardest, by the way. Spotting. No. There's more than casual in there. <laughs> I guess so, yes. Two men have a comic fight and hit each other in the testicles. Oh, uh, Step Brothers? No. Oh. Kingsman? No. A naked man powders himself. We see him from the back and waist up in front of another man. He asks... Do you see my point during a conversation? And the other man says, Yes, I do, while looking at his penis. I believe this is in, in the trailer. Great. No. No. This one's quite long. In the uncut version, there are four uses of fuck. When Dennis forgets his keys and loudly exclaims, Fuck! outside his front door. When Mr. Gosh Dash Tidar is telling Te Dennis about his marriage <laughs> and he claims the best thing he remembers was all the fucking. When Libby shows Gordon to a bathroom and he says his shoes hurt like fuck. <laughs> the cut version and unrated version has one F word, which is the part when a reporter asks Dennis how he feels and he replies, how the fuck do you think I feel? If I'm not getting it with Gosh Dadar, then I've I have given no you hope. all the character names. Well, that's it. Dennis, yeah. Libby, and. Uh, and Mr. Gosh Dash Tidar. Yep, that's it. I kind of would. <laughs> I would imagine I would remember that character. But that's in the uncut version. He's definitely in the main version. Right. Damn it. And finally, the main character runs for an erectile dysfunction charity to replace another runner. He is not personally afflicted. Oh. It's not Run Fat Boy Run. It is Run Fat oh. Boy Run. Oh my God, great. I didn't know that was about uh, erectile dysfunction. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I assumed it was. Because he was overweight. Can't believe you, you forgot Mr. Gosh Dash Tadar saying he was. <laughs> you could, I, I mean, you must own the uncut version of Fat Run, Fat Boy Run. <laughs> That's the Criterion collection. Also, like, the, I don't remember the characters' names in that film. No, I can't I. believe it. I just included that. I'm just glad in I've case. done so okay. well. I mean, to be fair, he's two up. Yeah. Like, you could take this with getting the third clue on this oh, one. Oh, God damn it. Actually, this might be the easiest one, but we'll see. A man suffers from a heart attack. Very brief. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Which actually, that makes a lot of sense when you know what the movie is. <laughs> Lots of name-calling and insults. Bosom, tart, <laughs> chicken, shut up, crapper, gay, sod, tit, git, weird, idiot, stupid. Well, it's definitely a British, British film. film, yeah, yep. for sure. Lockstock. No. Snatch. No. Anything that Guy Ritchie... <laughs> no. <laughs> Multiple animated bare bottoms. <laughs> what? Uh, uh, oh. oh. Don't get it. I'll give you five seconds. I gave Jesse five seconds earlier. I don't remember what that film is called. All right, next one. Monty. No. Oh, oh thank animated, God. Animated, though. Yeah, but then maybe they jiggle them around. Doesn't necessarily oh. mean cartoon animation, but I assume you mean cartoon yeah, animation. Yeah, now that I've corrected <laughs> you on that. Animated bottoms. Not just static. <laughs> just moving around. <laughs> That's really good. Two men sword fight. Eventually, one man cuts off the other man's limbs one by one, drawing much blood. He's left on the floor without any limbs. Lasts about two minutes. I watched this last month, and it's... Oh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail? Correct. Uh, That's it. There we go. Finally, in a humorous scene, a seemingly harmless rabbit bites several people's heads off. Uh, yeah, Monty Fab. Python and the Holy Grail. Two all. Two We're all. back in. <laughs> it's a big scoring game of PG tips over here. Uh, right. Final film. The Clincher. Unless one of you gets one point and the other one gets the link. Oh, God. A man is killed when a rocket is fired at his helicopter and it explodes in slow motion. The man's clothes can be seen flaking away into ash along with his face and hair. Eventually, his head is engulfed in flames <laughs> and explodes. Okay. Oh my God, that's pretty extreme. <laughs> that's horrendous. Uh, I've not seen this film. <laughs> the Expendables? No. Damn it. At this, And I'm reading this as written. Yeah. At the helicopter scene, where a man crushes his privates while he swears. <laughs> With an exclamation mark. No? No. In a weapons room, a man and a woman are seen comedically taking off their clothes as we see the woman in a bra. The scene does not go further. <laughs> this sounds like a terrible Matrix scene. No, it's was, a terrible film. I was thinking oh, Starship Troopers, but she takes her bra off and stuff. She does. And we all remember that. <laughs> Two characters are seen lighting up joints in a montage. I'm not sure I've seen that. <laughs> no. Before the interview, the North Korean leader takes off his robe oh, and is seen um... nude from behind. <laughs> People at home are going to be going mental right now. <laughs> this only came out is not that long America? ago. No. no. Is it the other one with Seth, Seth Rogen? Yeah. Yes. I can't remember. I can't, no interview idea. with... No. Let, let me read it again. It. Before the interview, the North Korean leader... Isn't it called the interview? It's called the interview. Shit. You get the point. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I, I thought I'd go it. easy with the end. So that's 3-2. Now, Jesse, you Hello could there. clinch it. Great. Or you could run away with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> By two points. If you get the link between these five films, Get Out, A Quiet Place... Run, Fat Boy, Run, Monty Python and the Holy Grail, and The Interview. Isn't it something like the lead actors have all been in... Nope. Uh, they what all... did you think it was going to be? Well, because like, uh, A Quiet Place, John Krasinski was in a sitcom. Um, fat Bo Run, Fat Boy, Run, whatever. Short, oh, shit. Simon Pegg was in... Well, um, you, you're on the right lines. Was in Spaced. 
You're definitely on the right lines. Okay. Uh, oh, God. Is it something to do with US and UK versions of the same TV no, show? No, 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 no. Bollocks. Simpler than that. Oh. They all won some sort of award. No. Damn it. <laughs> I mean, Try to go as simple as no, possible. No, I don't think Run Fat Boy Run won any awards. <laughs> no. Unless it got a Razzie. <laughs> and the Get Out, Get Out dude was in uh, Black Mirror. Mm, off track again. Oh, don't know. Nearly there. They're all directed by TV comedians. Oh. Oh. Who, who Jordan directed? Peele, John Krasinski, yeah. uh, David Schwimmer. Directed Run Fat Boy Run. Run Fat Boy Run. Didn't know that. Monty Python and the Holy Grail and Seth Rogen from Freaks and Geeks. There in you the go. Utter disappointment Bang. in my performance. That was, I can't believe it. I mean, let's I just won. hope everyone loved it. <laughs> Great. Yeah, you won. Fair play. <laughs> Congratulations. Great. Right. Feedback. Alex, would you care to begin? All right, so I've got an email from Stephen Geller who says, long-time listener, first-time feedbacker. He was born in Ottawa, which is in Canada. Correct. And raised in Montreal. And what I'm saying is, he's correct to be born in Ottawa, because okay. I was too. <gasps> Legend. Did you see that programme on TV last night about the, the three uh, twins that were separated at birth? No. Maybe he's one of your twins. I think that would be weird. <laughs> well, it would be weird, but this was weird. Anyway, he moved into to the UK when he was 11. When did you move to the UK, Six. Jess? But we had different families. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, so he was surprised to discover on this week's podcast that Joe had a, simi- a similar Canadian heritage. There you go. There. He's, it's because he's your brother. Uh, <laughs> I discovered it through <laughs> Friends Reunited. <laughs> exactly. Uh, anyway, uh, he said we hopes he had a good time. Oh, it wasn't us that was at Montreal. Unfortunately, that was Cardi and Dale. But he misses his snow-covered poutine. Mm. Hometown. Oh, right, okay. Say, I missed the hometown, otherwise it sounds like a soggy poutine. I need a clarification on that one. Uh, he currently works in London, and hearing us talk about these cool <laughs> events uh, in cooler places makes me wonder, have you ever had to leave the UK but still work in the same industry? And where would you move to uh, and why? Oh, I see. So have you had to do it but still work in the same industry, but would you like to do it and where? I've never had to move because of work. No. Although I have moved country because of my dad's work, so yeah. that was a thing. Uh, not even in the UK you've never moved not I've moved from Hertfordshire to London that's, that's not, not far no, that's not because <laughs> you, you do can, that commute and you can yeah exactly yes <laughs> uh, uh, what was the, what, is there another bit uh, well if you were going to do it where would you go oh if I was going to move for work yeah I mean, the problem is the only other place to do this work is in San Francisco. There's only two places in the world. But that they're like the ide- ideal scenario if you could move anywhere, I suppose. Mm. Honestly, just I want to live in Newcastle again. <laughs> Newcastle. I love Newcastle. The magical it's location of Newcastle. Did not expect that as an Love answer. it. Favourite town. Uh, yeah. So I'd just go and live up there. Do it remote. Can I do that? All the hot press events in well, Newcastle. I was going to say, there used to be a developer in Newcastle. Is there any more? Mm, no, I think everyone there. shut down. Oh, Reflections was Liverpool, okay. wasn't it? No, it oh, was. No, that is Newcastle. Newcastle. Oh, it's yeah. still there as well. Right, okay. Yeah, because I've been there recently. I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> well, go work for Reflections. Who am I thinking of? Oh, Cygnosis. Yes. They were cool. Yes. Uh, I moved from the south coast where I grew up to Macclesfield. Did you? Yeah. For what? For, for my first gig in the games industry. Which one was that? Um, oh, God, it was so long ago. I don't want to talk about it. It's embarrassing. <laughs> but I was 17 at the time. Oh, That's unbelievable. So that shows you how That's basically me. It that shows you how much law has changed. You wouldn't be allowed to do that these days. There wasn't anything illegal <laughs> about it. Sounds like they kidnapped you, Alex. <laughs> but it was weird because I ended up moving in with um, like someone else who was working on the magazine. But I'd never lived away from home. Mm. So I'd never 
I don't think I'd ever cooked for myself before. Shocking. Did uh, you not get taught? Back in well, the day? Well, you know, this was a long time ago. Yeah, Jeff. fair play. No. Cooking wasn't popular back then. Did you get into cooking while you were there? Or did you live like a dirty student? Uh, exactly, of course, yeah. yes, yes. I'm just wondering. And all of my money went on booze and Fair shit play. like that. Yeah. Macclesfield booze, that must be cheap. It was, I remember. It was £1.5p for a pint of Boddington's. Good Lord. I know, right? You and Melanie Sykes hanging out. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good. Yeah. That sounds all right. Fair uh, play. But in terms of where I'd go, I did used to quite fancy like New York and places like that, but mm. now I've got kids... I can't be asked. Nah, I, I, I would like somewhere a bit warmer, like maybe Australia, but I've never been, so I don't know what it's like. Actually, yeah, Australia's good. It's well hot, though. Um, but, <laughs> but that's what I'd quite like to get. Yeah. Actually, I wouldn't mind living in Canada again. Toronto would be good. I've got family yeah, there as well. you get the extremes there, don't you? You get really that's warm it. summers. Super and then, summers yeah. and crazy winters. And it feels like they're actually capable of running a country at those temperatures, whereas I mean, the UK is not. The problem is that they can run a country when it's snowing, but when the world starts raining golf ball hail on you, there's not a lot you can yeah. do. I'd like, I remember my uncle just being like, yeah, check this out. And it was like, an, like ice storm shouldn't be a term that exists. No. It's just like chunks of ice that had smashed everything on their street. You're like, oh my God. Yeah, what can you do? Yeah, exactly. Nothing. You can't build an umbrella for that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could, you? but it would be very heavy. Yes. It's an easy answer, Amsterdam. Just because it's the ultimate form of London. So you, you didn't move good. to there for a No, no, no. I've, I've always lived here, unfortunately, but if I could move to Amsterdam, I would. It's basically like the ultimate form of London. Near enough, everyone there speaks English. The food is a lot better. And it's just, it's just a cleaner, nicer version of London, essentially. Are you saying that you like to get crazy high, Jesse? No, not no. All. I like to, I not like to just... No, not all. You straight edge. Yeah, Fair hardcore, play. man. The okay. haircut insinuates <laughs> that too. But um, no, it's just, I'm just, I'm, I'm not in love with London, living mm. all my life, especially the area and I, I live in. But it was like, what, last year I went to Amsterdam for only about four days and I was like, man, I wish London was like this. That is a beautiful town. And yeah, it's one it of those is. places where wherever you walk, it seems to be amazing. Yeah, for sure. And like, it, it just, if I was only there for four days, so it was like kind of like a honeymoon period, but it just felt safer that, than London just as well, just being able to walk around because like the Amsterdam centre at like two in the morning, don't feel like I'm going to get stabbed in the face. I started watching a, mm. a crime drama called Baptiste this week oh. and it makes Amsterdam look well scary. So oh, awesome. I'm not there going go. again. Okay, great. <laughs> uh, what was, the, there was another part of that question, wasn't there? Where, where's the best place that work's taken you? Oh. And I just thought you'd have a good answer because you are. Alternatively, where was the best place work has taken you? You've gone to lots of cool places in your time. I have. I've spoken about it a lot, but in terms of the best press trip was was the first Tomb Raider because yeah. that was four days in Egypt for a 20-minute presentation That's that absurd. I almost didn't turn up to because <laughs> I was in the pool drinking cocktails. It's the old days! I know. But then, um, <laughs> Wait, I, the, the first Tomb Raider, so the actual original and not yeah, the remake. Yeah. It was nothing. Not, nobody really knew anything what it was. Yeah. So... Um, but then everybody got the shits from the ice that was in the cocktails. <laughs> oh, <laughs> That's no. Good. Yeah, the flight home was pretty nasty. <laughs> That's um, bad. So that oh, was the good. flight. No one yeah. needs that. That but is like, good. That kind of stuff hasn't happened for so long. Not in terms of the mad excess. Like, I think, like you know, when um, we did Creeper's final podcast. Yes. Some of my favourite trips are just going over to San Francisco and hanging out with people mm. and just doing nice stuff like that yeah it's like when you ha haven't got like either a, uh, a press conference where you've got to turn stuff around quickly or it's a show where you just kind of like there's no time to relax mm. just actually you know chatting to people and having a nice time yeah on the company dad <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it yeah I did 
In the last year and a bit, I did three trips to Japan, and I feel extremely privileged by, about that. So that's a good point. Yeah, th- those like were like, to to Japan. those are those are hard work because you're there for quite a short period yeah. of time for for the you know for the trip. Yeah, but that place is the best. PS2 like, launch was the last time I went. Really? Yeah, that must have been incredible. Yeah, but it's also a long time ago. I yeah. can't really. I just remember like them having like. Um, uh, cans of Asai in mm. like vending machines in the hotel lobby it's like this is amazing <laughs> everything now, you do revolves around now, booze well, but, but back <laughs> cocktails then, were great Asahi then, was you, great you couldn't get Asahi freely in yeah, the UK yeah, yeah. sushi wasn't really readily available mm. in the UK vending machines with beer on street corners never gonna happen in the UK <laughs> no that's true because we'd all so, be dead it, exactly so it was like you know and again, I find that the fact that cultures have got closer together, I find it a real shame. But Japan is still has its unique identity. Yeah, absolutely. To some degree, not yeah. probably not as much as it used to. I don't think so. But it is the other side of that is that it's like accessible to go to now. Like yes. yeah, yeah, every yeah, time yeah. I've gone, I've managed to get around. Apart from anything else, Google Maps is the greatest That's invention of all yes. time. Like there was no like well. In, in the very centre of Tokyo, mm. the uh, tube lines had English translations. Yeah. But out the equipment, let's say Zone 2. Yeah. Because I wanted to go train shopping. Um, oh, yeah. And I managed to do it. But, like, God knows how I did it because we didn't have Google Maps and there was no English translation. That's nuts. It was kind of like, right, those kanji look exactly the same as that kanji. Yeah, so yeah, I need yeah. to go there. That's terrifying but to not, me. not actually knowing where they're at. It's like living in an old school adventure game. Yes. <laughs> Just be like, I'm, yeah, yeah. I guess it's over here. Yeah. Fair play. So I'd like to go back. Jesse, where do you want to go? In where the course do I of want work? to go? Well, to be honest, I've never, I've only ever been to America once. That was in Florida back when I was uh, 13 years old. Swam with dolphins. Not really a press event or anything like that, unfortunately. But um, <laughs> they, I they were advertising <laughs> new dolphins. Exactly. <laughs> it was quite the experience. Just for Echo the Dolphin. Oh, that would be quite good. But I guess for me, like, it's just the standard stuff. Obviously, I would like to see the San Francisco office, mm. hopefully one time. And also just maybe go to Japan once in my life because I know all my mates would still like to go and then <laughs> you can just rub their yeah, exactly. right. if I, if oh, I can yeah. get there first then you know I have won which is what I want that's fair but, um, like the smallest thing I've ever done was going to Camden for the Mafia 3 launch event oh, when um, they took over a coffee shop and they were selling coffee at 1960s prices for like an entire afternoon that's quite so good so that was literally just me walking down the street 10 minutes getting on a tube and then I was there so that's the as glamour much of, my of the games industry exactly it was quite exciting honestly if they did more events where I could buy coffee at 1960s, <laughs> 1960s prices, prices then it'll be quite cool they were selling a shot not selling but they were offering coffee shots in shotgun shells as well which is quite cool it's quite aggressive and there was, there was also some I'm not sure if he was press or anything. It was just a guy wearing a fedora with a selfie stick just walking around vlogging <laughs> right. the entire event. So that ruined it for me. That's, That's probably Matthew, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. The 60s. And then uh, Vinnie Jones was there as well. And like, even though he has no hair on his head, I feel like it's sharp as a knife. You know, you fall and then you just get hurt landing on Vinnie Jones. He's just <laughs> what? He's, he's just quite the tank. Like, his head was so shiny and round, but also quite angular like a knife. It was very scary. <laughs> shiny and round, but angular at the same time. Exactly. fall on Vinnie Jones's head. I mean, he was, just, he was just... Him. Exactly. He was just walking around all over the gaff and he was saying very weird things, which I won't get into. Mm. But, um, yeah, that that's all I've done so far. Well, we'll make some Hope, our dreams come true. <laughs> You've set the bar very low. Yeah. Exactly. I met Vinnie Jones Camden. when I was 13 at Walthamstow Dog Track. And Ooh. that's a story for another day. Did you actually talk to him? Yeah. Oh. He, he gave us an idea for a bet on a dog. 
and he made friend made fun of my friend's sister. So That's good. There you go. That was Ooh. nice of him. That sounds right. uh, typical of Vinnie Jones. Because of duplex printing. Oh. Jesse, here's yours. Wow. That's great. Read some feedback. Hmm. This I is... thought we were about to find out you didn't know how to read. Did someone else called Jesse sign in no. for something here? But no, this is from a uh, Dominic D'Amico from uh, The Warmest Wishes from California. He says, Greeting lads, inspired by Joe's account of getting stuck in OG Link's Awakening, I've got a question and a story for you. Have you ever had a time where you played a game as a kid and got stuck, only to come back years later and absolutely body? The challenge. Nice word in there. I love. I, you don't hear the word body used no, enough not to mean attack. <laughs> I remember getting stuck on fighting Seraph. Sephiroth. In, that's it. I, I'm familiar with Kingdom Hearts 2. Back on the PS2 as a kid. I just couldn't beat him no matter what I that's tried. That's in Final Fantasy 7 as well, by the way. Oh, okay. Nice. <laughs> I know all these games, man. Flash forward like 10 years or so, I had picked up the 2.5 remix and I was playing through it. Oh, sorry. What, it is in Kingdom Hearts. I apologize. That's fine. And when I got to whatever that name was, which yeah. I'm not going to try and pronounce again, I trounced him within a couple of hours. I was now a champion and it felt amazing. Well, thanks, Dominic, for sending that in. What uh, what games have you returned to from childhood? Well, I never played games as a child. So oh, that's sad. What games? Because they hadn't been invented. Have you returned to any games that you forgot stuff? No, well, you've well, games <laughs> hadn't been invented. <laughs> you know me. Like I never Operation. go back and play old games. No. I'd, well, they're one exception to that rule, Zelda. Yeah. Um, but I am a person that looks forward never back. Wow, that's really deep. <laughs> Powerful. <laughs> I know, right? I'm not even, like I find old games tedious and not as good as good no, games. No, I think uh, new games. I sorry. think that's relatively true for me. Uh, I've got a sort of answer to that mm. where I always used to get stuck on the second boss in Sonic 2 on the Game Gear. Right. I returned to it years later and I still couldn't beat him. <laughs> <laughs> I was really... Because I was like, this is it. I'm finally going to do it. Because yeah. I used to get quite upset that I couldn't beat him. I was like, I paid a lot of pocket money for this game and uh, couldn't do it. Well, games so, were much more difficult yeah. back then, right? Sonic 2. Uh what? Not Sonic not, 2. Not Sonic 2, but... <laughs> yeah. Just, do you reckon you could beat better. it now? If I could be asked, <laughs> I guess that... It's the same kind of thing I feel about Dark Souls, where every time yeah. I start it, I play about 10 hours, and I'm like, start again. This is sad. <laughs> it, just, it just doesn't make me feel good to no. be beaten. No. Um, Jesse? You're still well, a child, so... Yeah, I'm still a child. He's not. Don't feed into this <laughs> Back when I was thing. playing the DS as a kid, I'm kidding. Um, my answer is, even though like everyone knows I'm a big fan of Resident Evil, everyone not everyone does. on the podcast, but everyone who knows me, uh, my first experience with Resident Evil was with Code Veronica X, and I got stuck on it because I didn't know you could run. You have to hold down the button to run, which is just very, very weird. So, like, back when I was eight years old, I couldn't get past you the first... You playing Resident Evil when you were eight? I, I played a lot of things. I couldn't play GTA when I was a kid, but my mum let me play Scarface, which was even worse. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Because you were, like, bad. actively selling drugs in that game. But to get back on Code Veronica X, I didn't know you had to hold square or something to run. So mm. I just always died by the zombies. And then, I think, last year, I tried playing through it again. And uh, I obviously got past that, but then I got stuck again and just kind of gave up. So yeah. that's the good story. So the answer to Dominic's question is, no, none of us have yeah, ever exactly. returned to a job a game and beat it. lazy people who give up easily. <laughs> Finally, this is from Andy Callan. Uh, I should have cut this down because it's quite long. He hopes we're well. That's Very good. Well. Thank you. Um, I hope we are too. I hope you're well. 
That's so nice of you. <laughs> well done. He's endearing himself. I've been listening to the podcast for a little over a year now, and I'm always amazed at the amount of gaming you guys seem to be able to fit in what I assume are busy <laughs> lives. <laughs> Not to mention movies and TV shows. Well, we do nothing else. Uh, when oh, Dale mentioned sad. recently about the birth of his son, Donovan, while playing <laughs> Football Manager and Cardi's continuing ex- continuing exploits in the game, it got me thinking about a time the greatest football simulator in the world nearly ruined my life. Football Manager and indeed Championship Manager were games I grew up watching my older brother play before immersing myself in the virtual world of football management when going to uni. In my final year, I used to play FM while while taking breaks from exam revision, even multitasking by doing revision while the game loaded between matches. Perfect for a bite-sized chunk of information before moving on to my next team talk. That is the wrong way round. The morning of one of my final exams, I thought I'd have a little Football Manager session to help me relax while doing some last-minute cramming. Halfway through my game, I thought I'd double-check what room my exam was in, only to realise to my horror that I'd got the times wrong and my exam was in the morning, not the afternoon. So instead of going to my exam, I'd been playing Football Manager. Thankfully, I was able to retake the exam later in the summer, which I passed. Congratulations, Andy. What grade did you get? (laughs) I'm interested in that. This got me to wondering, have any of you missed an important appointment slash meeting as a result of playing a video game? Alex? No. Really? You're no, that well, organised? Well, I'm fairly organised, yes. Um, like, video games have bled into... Like, I, when GTA 3 came out, mm. God, I was playing that way too much. I was freelance at the time. And so I was late with submissions. Right, yeah. But I think that's just freelance in general, frankly. Yeah. <laughs> My experience um, with freelancers, generally. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I also, I, I do remember, like, I'd, I'd be walking down the street, I'd see a nice car and go... I could just walk up, I could just go to that door, <laughs> and I could have that. That's actually, a re- I really like it, those moments where playing a game too much bleeds into how you yeah. think about things. Yeah. I remember playing fucking loads of Civilization Four yeah. and going past a field of horses and going, good place for a settlement. I could get <laughs> cavalry from there. <laughs> that seems like me thinking about stealing a Porsche or something. Yeah. It seems slightly more sinister, and I, I told that to my wife. Yeah. Uh, and she just thought I was mental, which I think, I think is fair. Yeah, that's wrong. And like, like Tetris as well. God, I've played so much Tetris that you just start seeing those things yeah, do you, falling down. Yeah, the Tetris down. effect. It's, just, it's awful. I used to get terrifying. Guitar Hero where the walls moved. Yeah. Do you ever have that? I didn't play Guitar Hero as much, but yeah. it was a similar thing. And, that, yeah. you know, when you fall asleep and you've been playing it loads and then it's just there. Blocks and in your you're brain. you're trying to fit stuff <laughs> together. It's just, oh. Save me! No. Jesse? This was back when I had, for the first time, pre-ordered my ever, just pre-ordered my first ever game. Mm-hmm. This was Alien Colonial Marines. No! I know, exactly. So that was, my, that, was my fa- that was my first ever pre-order. And it was like, everyone remembers the one trailer that they showed when it looked like a good yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, man, I'm going to pre-order my first game. And I did. And then when it got released and I played it, I was so depressed that I missed my final ICC deadline back in, I think, secondary school. Mm. And... um. Yeah, that's the only time I've actually missed something ever important just because of how depressed I was because of Alien Colonial Marines. The second to last time I went to Sweden, this is indirect, but I was writing a preview of Super Mario Odyssey. I remember And I got well into it because I was like, I've had all these ideas. I had this grand structure. I was like properly typing away, uh, drinking a nine pound beer from a (laughs) Swedish airport. Uh, I'd ordered a burger. I was absolutely loving life. I finished it off. I uh, saved the document and I looked at the time and I was like, 
wow, I've still got loads of time. This is weird. And then looked up and the clock showed me that my laptop had not changed time zone <laughs> and I had missed my flight by an hour. Oh, yeah. uh, and I had to pay lots of money to get home. <laughs> That's good. And uh, it took me quite a while because that was a press trip where the person who flew me out it wasn't like a company thing. No, like no, no. he'd done it as a favour. Yeah. <laughs> and I, it took me about a year to tell him that I'd missed the flight he'd paid lots of money for. Uh, it was but not you, But that's because you were working, not because you were messing but it around was, or playing. But it was because I'd... I because I'd played Super Mario Odyssey, I missed a flight. That's that's ah, how I'm doing gotcha, it. Gotcha, gotcha. It's indirect. All right. Yeah. So that's all our feedback. Thank you very much. There you go. Uh, I would lo- love to hear people tell us about uh, ways that games have insidiously bled into their real lives yes. and made them think things they didn't want to think. Yeah. Um, no, like you know, nothing too sinister. Yeah. No <laughs> stuff where we could go to jail for saying it. Uh, <laughs> That's Hopefully I, we would edit that out before it got to it. Don't know, mate. We're pretty slack. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> IGN underscore UK feedback at IGN.com is the address where you can do that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you sound excited That's about it. That's an address That's I'll it. try well, to remember. Can well, we you'll change have to. that address one day? No. Why? <laughs> because it's been part of... It's part of... It's, in fact, it's been here longer than you have. That's actually very true. I wonder if... Um, yeah, it's sort of part of the firmament now. It's like how they made N64 really hard to develop for to make sure it got good quality games. There you go. Like, you have to be a good quality emailer to remember that big old mess. <laughs> Which is why we only get three a week. Yeah, more or less. Anyway. Uh, yeah, and, you know, if you've got any rumours that you want Jesse to confirm or deny, you can do it, send yeah. those in as well. Jesse's rumour mill is a confirmed section on the podcast now, so yeah. I'm happy to announce that. That's, that's so good of you to do for us. Uh, <laughs> Alex, you were meant to be hosting this. I don't know why I've taken control of the <laughs> well, outro. Because you're very good at it, Joe. <laughs> Thanks so me. much. But it's a pleasure, as always, to, to chat to to you. <laughs> that didn't sound sincere. <laughs> oh, I realise why I took over. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I'll probably be on her again, maybe. That'd be good. Yeah. Jesse will as well. Yeah, I'm new around here. You know? <laughs> I'll be and back. And he's so young. <laughs> exactly. Bye. See you Bye. later. <laughs> there this is justin bartha i made a funny new podcast king of the egg cream it has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like lewis black i'm torn by my feelings for two women bobby cannavale you can eat it or if someone hits you you can put it on your cut melanie linsky i wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet jason ritter i can break things and pick locks and kill people michael stuhlbarg the whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better ari grainer no don't whet its appetite what are you an idiot me justin martha 
That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.